0: Now now share with us if you will please what happens in the brain during hypnosis. Okay, well let's um let's talk about how the brain is usually I guess measured from a scientific uh, standpoint at least at least currently. Uh brain activity is measured in terms of uh brain wave classifications. And uh, you might have heard this before. There's there's four basic brainwave classifications that are, that, that are generally accepted or uh, the general guidelines. The first is your uh, beta brainwave state, and this is where we're at right now, normal waking consciousness, wide awake and aware, uh, conversational. And the next one, lower, meaning a slower rate of activity, is the alpha brainwave state. And that would be as if you're just staying at home, relaxing, listening to music, meditating, hmm. and then if we go one step lower, now we're at the theta brain wave state. This is the working trance state of hypnosis, the naturally occurring state of mind. Uh, you go through this phase when you fall asleep, and when you awaken, it's part of your natural sleep cycle to go in and out of hypnosis, I guess, Um uh, and this is our working state of hypnosis where uh when we're working with therapy or working in shows and and even where you're you're hoping to get yourself in in some respects with your your auto suggestion um and then finally we've got our brainwave uh last brainwave cycle which is the delta delta brainwave state which is deep sleep so When your brain finally goes to deep sleep. So in other words, uh, the hypnotic state is not the same thing as sleep. When you're going into that delta state, that's deep sleep. Your mind is off doing other things. Uh, So uh, we can measure these different cycles. And when we're in hypnosis, uh, you might have heard, many people can experience auditory and visual hallucinations. Uh, For example, uh, daydreaming is a trance state. So you can be sitting there if if you're kind of sleep-deprived or hungover or whatever, uh, you can very easily daydream that you're off somewhere else, you know, especially if you're maybe sitting in a boring classroom experience or something. So that, that is an example of a natural trance state that could just occur. We take it for granted. Yes. We, are going in, we are going in and out of these trance states all the time. And we just, you know, we just go, oh, it's just a daydream. No, that is deep level hypnosis for you to experience that phenomenon. So People think it's so far out when you're working with somebody that you're going to go into hypnosis. No, you're going in and out of hypnosis. You're going in and out of these natural trance states all the time. So the only other thing that's kind of interesting from a scientific perspective that's maybe a little bit bit more recent is, okay, so we're experiencing uh, in the trance states, we can experience, for example, auditory, visual hallucinations. And for that reason, people might just conclude that hypnosis is just, hey, it's just highly focused imagination. That's all it is. Well, they have a way of measuring uh, actual brain images, blood flow, electronic activity with, um, this is over my head, but it's called positron emission tomography, P-E-T. So this is a way we can measure brain activity. So they conducted some experiments, and what they found is that when somebody has an auditory, hallucination, for example, in the trance state, it's actually experienced from the same part of the brain as if it were something they were really hearing. So basically, a hallucination you experience in the hypnotic state, the brain considers it the same as if it were actually being received from an outside source. Wow. And if you were just to imagine hearing something, it would, that would go to a completely different part of the brain. So now we're getting a little bit of, uh, in a roundabout way, some scientific proof for one of the cardinal principles of hypnosis, and maybe one of the cardinal principles that is maybe not exactly stated, but it is one of the principles of how Hill's works, is that the subconscious mind does not make a distinction between what's real and what is imagined. Can you say that again? So, that was, that was going to be my next question. Can you repeat that, please? Sure, and this is, this is a biggie. You can go all over the place with this one and use it and run with it uh, in your personal development, but it's a very important thing to know is that the subconscious mind does not distinguish between real and imagined. So <clears throat> let me clarify that because that already that sounds maybe a bit vague. So what does that mean? So let me give you some examples. If you are at a movie, and it's a cliffhanger, and it's exciting, and your palms are sweaty, that means you're very emotionally engaged in this movie. True? Yeah. Yes. But at a certain level, consciously, you realize you're just sitting in the theater. You're just watching some movie on a screen. Why are you so emotionally engaged? Because the subconscious mind is seeing what's on the screen and it is giving you the appropriate re- emotional responses for what's going up on that screen. Mm-hmm. It's not treating it differently because it's fake. See what I'm saying? Right. Or let's take it to the next level. Let's say you get in a fight with your boss at work and he said something to you or she said something to you. You are so mad. You go home and you're by yourself. <laughs> And then you think about what your boss said to you. What happens? You get angry, don't you? Right. You get angry. And your boss isn't in the room. There's nobody around there. You're just getting angry just thinking about things now. Why? Because you imagine yourself in the situation. You're already emotionally linked up to be angry with that situation. And your subconscious mind immediately produces the appropriate response, just based on your thoughts and imagination. So you see, you're mm-hmm. not making that distinction. Your boss doesn't have to be right there yelling in your face. All you have to do is think about it, and if you're linked up for that, boom, you get the response. Mm-hmm. So this is what, uh, what happens is many people, we're, we're, we're kind of going through lives, and we're already linked up with a lot of patterns and responses that are automatic for us. And they are going to be automatic because the subconscious mind, you don't have to think about what's going to happen. Um, It basically has all these responsibilities that are all on autopilot and they're all going to happen. And so to use this to our advantage, what we have to do is consciously use and engage our imagination towards the things we want to achieve because... Mm -hmm if we condition our mind with where we where we do want to go with our lives and what we do want to achieve and we immerse our imagination in those things, the subconscious mind doesn't treat that as fake. The subconscious mind is going, oh, this is what you want? Let me work on this and find out how to make this a reality because it is your faithful servant. It does follow direction. It will do what you want it to. However, most people don't give it any direction at all. They basically go through lives reacting yeah. to circumstances and, <laughs> and you know, basically going through life just responding to things, mm-hmm. thinking that they're in control, thinking that they're making decisions, but all they're doing is they're going through and reacting to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the key points that Napoleon Hill makes, or what I think is very true in some respects, is that if you interviewed one hundred people and asked them exactly what they want Ninety-eight percent of them, ninety-eight out of a hundred, won't be able to tell you what they what they want, or, out or of they'll life. tell you what they don't want. Oh yeah, that's even worse. So here's an example. Here's why that is a disaster. The don't want. Okay, so if I say to you, don't think of a pink elephant right now. Well, Boom. That's all you get. The sub. Guess what? The subconscious mind doesn't process negatives. So this. Cultural focus that we have of focusing on what we don't want. Guess what? You're doing you're self hypnotizing, you're self suggesting yourself to focus and immerse your imagination in all the things you don't want. Your subconscious mind goes, Yep, you've been doing that. Let me give you some more. Here it comes. And uh, you know, and, and it's so easy to see once you're aware of this. So, for example, I used to do quite a bit of work with weight loss clients, and a weight loss client might come in. Ask them, okay, what is it that you want? What do you want to get out of this? What do you want to achieve? And they'll just be like, well, I want to be not fat. And guess, you know, what, if they, what do they say? What's the self suggestion? I'm fat. You know, it's like, uh, what's the suggestion to yourself in the break room? I'm not going to eat that donut. I'm not going to eat that donut. I'm not going to do what you're doing. It's going, donut, 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 donut. You know, and eventually, yeah, I mean, it's all you're thinking about. So, uh I'll tell you you gotta you gotta be clear. I mean we all know the power of a definite goal, a definite purpose, so being not fat is it's so vague and, and it's phrased in the negative, it's worthless. A mm-hmm. positive goal, for example, is hey i wanna i wanna weigh hundred sixty five pounds have a thirty two inch weight i'm gonna have this achieved for myself by September first. boom, now we're mm-hmm. super clear. We have to actually create a picture or something, some sort of reference in our mind to be able to even make a statement like that. And now we've got something we can continue to focus on, and that is going to lead our subconscious mind to do all the, whatever work that needs to happen in the background for that to happen. If you continue to immerse your imagination on that specific of a goal, and you keep on going back to it, your subconscious mind will have no choice but to make the arrangements for that to happen. Okay, let's take a very quick commercial break, and we'll come right back. We are talking with Eric Kand, Master Hypnotist. We'll be right back after this commercial break.